who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hello again. Caroline here with a wonderful chat with Eleanor Gray. Eleanor plays Kit Sumner, who you will meet in the second half of Seen and Not Heard. Eleanor is a talented voice actor and creator who has brought a unique perspective to this show, allowing us to touch a bit on a different experience with deafness and hearing loss than Bet's. I'll share Eleanor's information in the show notes so that you can follow them on social media. Without further ado, please enjoy this lovely conversation. So hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, other podcasts we know you from? Uh, yeah, so I'm Eleanor Gray. Um, you might have heard me in Whispering from Fireside Folktales. Um, I was in an episode of Vast Horizons. And at the moment, I'm in The Way We Haunt Now, which there are only two episodes out as we're recording this. But That's such a good mix some- of shows. Yeah, I, I I think so. I'm quite excited. I've like I've got to be a space doctor, and I've got to be a goddess, and I've got to be a ghost. <laughs> I mean, that's a good resume. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, of course, you're also on Seen and Not Heard, but your character has not showed up yet, and I'm very anxious uh, for everyone to get to meet Kit. Um, I had a lot of fun developing that character with you. You were, I think it was you and um, the character of James, the ASL teacher, who I had the most collaboration with in creating those characters. Because I didn't have a, I didn't have any characteristics other than that your character was an artist. So you got to bring a lot of yourself to it. Yeah, yeah. Because when the, when you put the auditions up, the character was just called the artist. Yeah. And so I was open to... Pretty much any anyone who wanted to audition for it as long as they were deaf or hard of hearing. Because uh, that was the character that was required to be <laughs> deaf or hard of hearing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we, had a, we had some pretty interesting conversation about how to create your character and what their identity would be. You brought a lot of, of really good thoughts to it, as I recall. I can't remember anything ever. <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, I remember you helped me name them, and yes, we, yes, you I know, did. 
this isn't really a big spoiler. Your character comes in and is an artist and uh, is a is a, a deaf artist specifically and focuses a lot of their art on their experience with deafness. So I'm I'm very interested to bring that side of the conversation to Cena Not Heard. I'm excited to to get to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I was just going to say I think. I do feel quite a lot of responsibility because the character is deaf and I am only quote unquote hard of hearing. But yeah, like being <laughs> in the discord with everyone else and the other hard of hearing and deaf actors has made me kind of feel more okay with that. Like I'm not an interloper, you know? Yeah. So that is definitely uh so this is actually a good segue to the first thing I wanted to really ask you, which was about your experience, as much as you want to share, about your own experience with hearing loss. Yeah, well, so my kind of, if I don't know how to, I don't want to say my journey, because that <laughs> makes it sound quite dramatic, but like, <laughs> so a few years ago, I think, I think it was 2017, I very suddenly lost quite a lot of hearing in my right ear and I sort of went to my GP and I said this doesn't seem right and they referred me to the hospital who couldn't find anything wrong and then apparently one of the things that can cause sudden hearing loss is a tumour so I was very suddenly being referred for like a uh, I can't remember if it was an MRI or a CAT scan, one of something along those lines. And there was this really weird, scary period where I was like, what if it is a tumour? And it wasn't. They still don't know what caused the hearing loss. It just happened. It's one of those things. But so kind of it was overshadowed almost the hearing loss by the fact that it could have been something quite scary. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I can't imagine how scary that must have been, because it's not just this weird physical thing happening, it's also the mystery of what's causing it. Yeah. It kind of feels like it's one of those things where maybe some people are, are studying it, but quite a lot of the time it just gets overlooked. You know, it's interesting too, because you, you of course, um, living where you live, and me living where I live, very different healthcare system. Oh yes. Yeah, like here, I can't just go to the doctor. I don't have insurance. Um, so I can't just go to the doctor because I have no idea how much it's going to cost. And when I, I did go to an audiologist once, uh, and it cost me like, this is with insurance, it was a few hundred dollars just mm -hmm. for the exam. And, <laughs> you know, it's, and hearing aids are not covered by insurance here, generally speaking. And they can be thousands of dollars a piece. Um, is it the same? Are they covered where you are, or are they a separate cost? They are covered. I didn't pay a single wow. penny. I get every year. I have to email them and I say I need some new batteries for my for the next year, please. And they send me a year's worth. They of cover the, in the post batteries. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, it's broken here. Um. <laughs> That's just that just kind of blows my mind and it, it makes me wonder how many of us are are walking around with 
hearing loss, but we're not doing anything about it. And we can't look into possible causes or any kind of treatment or assistive technology because it's just so inaccessible. Oh, that's I'm still like reeling at the fact that they just give you batteries. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> it's so sad to be excited about that. <laughs> it's like my riches, all my batteries. <laughs> just like Scrooge McDuck diving into the a sea of batteries instead of coins. I like that. So you said something about how being quote unquote only hard of hearing among deaf people has made you sometimes feel maybe like like you're poking your way into a community that you're not quite a member of, which I know yeah. that feeling very, very well. Um, I think that's pretty common. Uh, it's that question of like, well, am I disabled enough? Because we're kind of constantly made to feel like we're not. Yeah. And that's, so that's been your experience too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I haven't like sort of sought out other deaf or hard of hearing people beyond the community I found myself in through the show. Like, I think because I it happened to me as an adult, where do you begin? Am I, again, am I forcing my way in? Am I, would I be welcome? I don't speak British Sign Language. I don't, you know. Yeah, it's, it's hard enough as an adult to make friends sometimes. Um, and it's hard to find a new community on top of that. It's 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 kind of like any time you any time your life changes, you have to sort of course correct a little bit and and oftentimes your circle expands or gets smaller or changes who's in it. And that social circle shift is not easy to begin with. Um, let alone when there might be a completely different way of communicating that you haven't experienced yet. And that's definitely I mean sign language is definitely an area I don't I don't sign I mean I sign a little bit but not very not very much and it's it's so hard again as an adult to learn something like that let alone a physical language and British sign language is so different from American sign language um yeah so even if we both did sign we couldn't sign together <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not good at languages I took two languages in school and kind of bombed my GCSEs so <laughs> it's hard it's languages are not necessarily easy to begin with and then you add in a physical component and it's like because <laughs> I'm clumsy so <laughs> signing and yeah. signing is tricky for that and reason. it feels like you would have to be very very precise as well so you don't accidentally mm -hmm. say something horribly offensive oh yeah it's <laughs> I've I've definitely heard stories of people signing a very unfortunate thing when they meant something else. Oh no. <laughs> I can only my friend has a good story about someone trying to sign pizza thinking you do the sign like try that you make like the shape of a slice with your hands. That's not that's not what the sign means. It's something oh. very rude. <laughs> I'm going to look it up after we're off this call. It's, I must know. It's really funny. <laughs> It's, it's what you might think it is. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> For people who don't have the video, <laughs> Caroline just made a very illustrative hand sign, and I get it now. So I'd love to ask you a little more about 
podcasting like when when did you get into voice acting and what brought you in so funny story that actually happened after the whole hearing loss thing it happened like a couple of months after because I kind of you know that thing where people always say oh you have such a lovely voice have you ever thought about doing voice work and you're like ha okay (laughs) then you kind of think huh could I so uh, um actually no it wasn't even a couple of months it was it must have been a year because I think it was at the end of 2018 I saw on Twitter there was a casting call for a podcast called Camarilla which unfortunately hasn't come out yet but I did like on a whim submit an audition and got the role and then I was like oh Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe this is something I could do. Oh my gosh, when you first get like a callback or a role, it's like, oh, wait a minute. So maybe I'm not just throwing spaghetti at a wall. Like maybe this is a thing that can actually happen. Yeah. And then after that, I got a lot of rejections. But because that first experience was so good, I felt like, no, I I can do this. I'm going to keep going. And I did. I'm so and glad I you have, did. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's true. I, you do have a lovely voice. And when I, when I heard your audition, I was like, oh, I feel very soothed right now. (laughs) That was very much the vibe I needed. I was like, it's so calming. I love this. Yeah. I had friends on discord who would be like, can you read me a bedtime story? (laughs) (laughs) I could see you like reading fairy tales and stuff like that. I think that would be a good, a good fit. Yeah. God, the captions on this are hilarious. I know. (laughs) My my Dungeons and Dragons group have been using Meet recently as well, so I've had the captions on, and it's fantastic for Dungeons and Dragons because it has absolutely no idea all the fantasy names. Just it it does its best, but oh, we've had some mishaps. Uh, like someone tried, you know how people go like America. Um, someone went America, and it came up Merkin. Um, <laughs> And I was like, that's not the same thing at all. Uh- <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're straight back to the to the not pizza sign. Yeah. <laughs> it's become like a very rude conversation. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so uh, wh- I, I've been asking people, what was your, your gateway podcast? What was the first audio drama you listened to? Or what got you interested in audio drama? So... Well, technically, the first audio drama I listened to was Welcome to Night Vale in 2013. And then we moved house, and I got very depressed and didn't do anything. So I I kind of fell off listening to it and didn't listen to anything again until after I got cast in Camarilla. I I sent my friend a message. I sent her a, a, a direct message on Twitter because I knew she listened to audio dramas. I was like, can you recommend me some audio dramas? Because I feel like I should, you know, be aware of what's going on if I'm going to be a part of this. So she very kindly sent me a big list. Like she was like, here are my favorite horror ones and here are my favorite sci-fi ones. And here are just some good ones I think you should listen to. So I kind of went straight in on stuff like Girl in Space was a very early one that I picked off the list. Um, that she sent me and then I mean I don't I don't think there was anything that 
people would be like, oh, a, a completely undiscovered hidden gem. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that cool. She is, but I'm not. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, think of a very good podcast, and it was probably on the list she sent me. <laughs> like Wolf and Wooden Overcoats yeah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hits. The Magnus Archives, Archive Eighty One. I still haven't listened to that one. Which one, Magnus? Both. Magnus yeah. is. It's very, very good. I, I've yeah. in the past couple of years, I've discovered that horror is like my comfort genre. Like, if I feel miserable, I want to listen to horror because it makes me feel like, yeah, it could be so much worse. <laughs> there could be a very large spider in here. <laughs> no, you know what? That's I like. I like. Um, I have grown to enjoy horror as a genre. I didn't for a long time. I think because what I remembered as horror was like just gory movies because it because for a while that was like kind of, it felt like that was all we were getting in like the horror genre it was just like torture porn. gore and jump scares yeah. and torture porn. yes yeah. I hate jump scares so like I even even when I'm watching a movie that I like I will still have where's the jump pulled up on my um on my computer so I can check the timestamp for jump scares <laughs> I can't do that's it that's smart um but now there's really good I mean, not that there weren't really good before, but now there's some really interesting movies. Like we have things like The Witch, which I love, um, The Babadook, um, It Follows. I thought was pretty cool. Things like that that are kind of really creative with it, and so that's gotten me more interested. Like, ooh, maybe I like horror, <laughs> but I haven't listened to very many horror podcasts, and I would, I'd like to get more into them. Yeah, well, I. I can definitely give you some that I really enjoy. Please do. I'd be really interested in that. Um, it's it's a genre that I would love to work in. I just don't know how. <laughs> I think I did. I did say on Twitter at some point. Oh, I just really want someone to write a horror podcast that I can be in because I would love it so much. And I think you even replied to that saying oh maybe maybe I could think of something I I did I do have something I've kind of been working on I had hoped to have it ready in time for Halloween this year I'm thinking probably not because Halloween's like now um and 2020 happened so <laughs> but it is it is something I would be really interested in in exploring so that's really cool yeah yeah the podcast I am very slowly writing is a horror podcast and Ooh. Ooh, can you like tease any details about that uh i can it is probably gonna be a single voice podcast because i cannot afford to pay anyone and i feel very strongly about paying people for their work uh it is set on an alien planet about 400 years in the future from now but it is people who came from earth and colonized that planet and now they've been there for about 200 years and they discover that perhaps they are not as alone as they thought they were <sighs> that sounds right up my alley because that sounds like i mean it sounds like horror sci-fi and i love sci-fi yeah <laughs> so like and i like horror sci-fi like Giannis descending is something i really enjoy yeah, and you can argue, yeah, it, I think, that Wolf starts to tread the line a little bit there. Yeah, I think, um, like, because I, I very much appreciate 
sort of dark fantasy horror like Mabel as well, but I really like leaning into that hard science stuff too. You do need to listen to Mabel. It's so gay and so good. Ah, oh, gay podcast. I love how gay audio drama is. It's like my favorite thing. And that's another thing about horror. I feel like the three pillars of horror for me are queerness or gay, grief, and I have actually forgotten the third one, even though I think about this all the time. <laughs> I do this every time I try to be like, I'm going to make this really interesting point and I get halfway through and I go, you know, I did think this through, but. <laughs> yeah, this is like my horror thesis, like the three pillars, of two of which I can remember and one is completely gone. <laughs> well, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably remember in like 10 minutes when we're talking about something completely different. <laughs> That's okay. Um. So one thing that is I is something that I speak up a lot about is accessibility within podcasting. Um, particularly, I talk about transcripts a lot because they are so vital. And I think that audio drama doesn't really have an excuse to not have transcripts because we are scripted shows. Um, I, I, I'm a little more sympathetic to like improvised things or chatty casts that, you know, transcribing is such a completely separate step and can be expensive or extremely time-consuming and tedious. Um, and I know because I've been doing transcription for these conversations, and wow, it's a, it's a lot of work. But with scripted shows, I feel really, really strongly that you, you really don't have an excuse to not release transcripts um, or to at least have your script available for people to look at. I have definitely had the experience of enjoying a show but then realizing I can't access it in the way that I need to and it's really frustrating like I'm, I'm listening to an episode and I'm like oh I, I couldn't understand what they said I'll go look at the transcript and then I can't find a transcript anywhere um, has that happened to you? it has it has yeah uh, to be honest I don't often look for transcripts because I kind of almost feel like sometimes listening to an audio drama I'm more invested in the mood than what people are actually saying. Like quite often I I I tend to listen to podcasts when I'm walking if possible. So I'm just like my body is moving, sounds are coming into my ears. I'm not fully focused on anything. And and some podcasts will make me just like stop dead and and because they have said something so fantastic. But but yeah, so so I don't often look for transcripts. When I do, it's generally because I want to like write down a quote to keep or share with a friend who I think would appreciate it. But see, there's another upside to transcripts, even if you don't need them for accessibility, just to be able to find an exact quote and share it with people. And I keep finding little little reasons to argue for transcripts. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean every every little helps. But I mean I because. I listened to the um, the episode that just went up with Cole, and they talked about his um, auditory processing issues, which I also have. I'm autistic, and it is very, very common in neurodivergent people to have that problem. So it is helpful sometimes when there are transcripts, because sometimes I don't know if you've ever had specifically auditory 
processing issues but someone can say you can hear it and you you recognize the words that they're saying but it just does not click in your head and a transcript is very helpful in moments like that oh for sure and i don't i don't have necessarily like auditory processing disorder but i've certainly had the experience of being like tired enough that i will hear words and i'm like i know this language but none of it is sinking in uh <laughs> like i can there are definitely times when i can hear something but it's just not being comprehended for for whatever reason um stress or tired you know being tired <laughs> but yeah it is it is really important because it is it does go beyond just physically being able to hear um there are so many things that can factor into why in why offering a transcript would be really really helpful yeah i mean i kind of feel like there are as many reasons to have a transcript as there are listeners of your show like everyone's gonna have a different reason why they might need it oh absolutely and surely it's just easier to provide it and then it's there and people will think wow this show gets that i need this i feel welcomed that's the thing too it it does make you feel so much more considered and i think that we already have i mean this has certainly been my experience where you can sometimes feel a little bit invisible or a little overlooked or shut out when certain considerations are not you know, offer just even small things like, um, like I've had people ask, Hey, which, uh, which video chat platform is best for you to have this rehearsal or this meeting? And now I can say this one because of the captions, but even just having someone like ask, Hey, what works for you feels like this monumental thing. Yeah. Because then you're not the one who has to say, excuse me, hello, could I be included? <laughs> yeah which sucks it yes it does and it's exhausting and it's it can because it can be intimidating and depending on the situation like if i'm if i'm having to go to say like a director or someone who's sort of for lack of better words in charge of me i feel really awkward having to be like hey can you make some accommodations <laughs> um I mean, sometimes it's fine. It depends on who it is. But if it's someone I don't know well, I don't know how that conversation is going to go. So, yeah. So I feel like if you're in charge of something, if you're running a show or directing or whatever, if if you're the one to say, hey, what do you need? That can be really helpful. Definitely. Hey, good news. I remembered my third pillar of horror. <gasps> Yay! Oh, good. Okay. So what's the third one? The third one. And we're we are turning slightly back towards the dirty side of this episode. <laughs> the third pillar of horror is I think it should be a little bit horny. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. The monster <laughs> is sexy. You have to accept yeah. it. Caravan would agree with you, even though they're not horror. Um, uh, Caravan's doing such a good job. I love Caravan. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy these shows that will take a genre and just say, what if we just made it as queer as humanly possible? Um. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. The older I get, the more I realize I just want gay, queer, 
everything all the time. I don't want to see or be seen by straight people. <laughs> I don't have time for it. Um, yeah, given the choice, I'd much rather have queer media. Um, and and that's the thing that's great, though, about audio drama is, like, I I have a lot more trouble thinking of one that is straight. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, when you look back on your friend group from primary school or elementary school and you realize oh all those children i was friends with are gay now how did we know <laughs> how did how did we find each other so early it's so true and it, we just keep doing it and now we're doing it in podcasting we are it's so funny like i, I actually said just the other day because everyone makes fun of me for uh, doing too many projects and I said something about like, oh, I want to do another one. And everyone was going, no. And I just said, but it's gay. And they're like, carry on. <laughs> yeah. You get like a free pass. It's, as long as it's gay, you can keep making more. That's how it works. That's the cheat code. That's like when you're playing The Sims and you get you do Rosebud. It's, that's the cheat code. Um, I do have like three little questions that I've been doing at the end of each conversation. Um that are specifically about deafness and your experience with hearing loss and things like that. Um, and the first one is, what is the hardest thing about it? I think it's the way that I got a hearing aid and then everyone, by which I mean my family, all mm -hmm. sort of assumed, well... Now you can hear everything, can't you? No. Ugh. Please stop mumbling. I can't hear a word you're saying even with it in. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I've never used hearing aids. I've used hearing amplifiers because that's what I can afford. Um, and they pretty much just make sound louder. That's that's what they do. They literally just amplify sound. Yeah, I think, I think actually we talked about this in Discord a bit. I think what I have is you would call it a hearing amplifier, but it's... We call them hearing aids here. It's just, it's a language difference. Gotcha. Yeah, and but that's the thing. Even with that, I can't, I mean, if I'm wearing them, it doesn't mean that I can necessarily hear. It just means that I'm going to pick up on the sound. I still need clarity. And I still need people to look at me when they talk. <laughs> Please. Oh, just turn your face at me. Please. <laughs> Do you have people trying to talk to you from the other room? Because I have that all the time. Yes. God. And everyone in my family, unfortunately, has the habit of talking to themselves at a very similar volume to when they talk to other people. So I'm like, I don't know if you're trying to talk to me or not. Please, like, make eye contact with me or something. Let me say my name. Just say my name. I answer to it. You gave it to me 30 years ago, and I know it very well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will have, I mean, to this day, I'll be in a completely different room and someone, someone will be like running the water in the kitchen and still trying to talk to me. I'm like, I can't, someone, I, my, my, my husband tried to talk to me over the vacuum cleaner recently. And I was like, I can't hear you. We've been over this. We've met, right? <laughs> oh, God, you'd hope so. God, Ten, almost ten years, and he still will sometimes like talk to me from other rooms, and it's like, sir. <laughs> um, 
Okay. So the second question is what kind of related to that is, um, what do you wish hearing people understood about your experience? So it's a, it's a related question, but slightly different path. Yeah. Um, I guess, huh. This it almost isn't just about the hearing. I just wish people would think about other people for once in a while and consider that maybe other people have different experiences and not everything is the same. Oh my god, yes. And that, I mean, that applies to every aspect of life. I mean, you have got to... Because it is really easy to get wrapped up in your own experience, and I understand that. But you also... It's like when someone says, hey, this is what I've experienced, and someone comes in and says, well, I didn't, so... Yeah. Okay, good for you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and like, I know it's it's a generic answer. It applies to everything, but... No, it's a good one. Again, like like we sort of talked about before, it's when someone actually stops and thinks about you without you having to mm-hmm. make the first move. It's just like... <gasps> Can we get married? I know we've only just met, but I feel like we have a real connection. <laughs> Getting off on a really good start. Yeah, um, I think I think just any time you are reminded to take a moment and step outside of your own experience, I think that's really valuable because we, we need to be reminded of that more and more. I mean, like, that's the kind of thing I've said to people who maybe don't want to wear a mask right now. That kind of thing where I'm like, I know you feel fine. But, (laughs) yeah, just a reminder for empathy, compassion, that kind of thing. I think that's a really good, that's a really good answer. Because it is exhausting to have to advocate for yourself 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Sidebar, though, on on the mask thing, I actually really enjoy the masks because I don't have to, like, make facial expressions. And no one's like, are you Are you sad? Are you miserable? Are you angry with me? It's like, no, that's just what my face looks like. I don't want to perform a smile. I don't want to be like, oh, here's my customer service voice. Oh, just God. Let, me, let me not do anything with my face. Let it just, it's just a slab. It's nothing. I love it. That's so fair. See, my thing, when you mentioned uh, your family, you all talk to yourselves, I do that a lot. I kind of will chat to myself while I'm doing things. Um, And I do it very quietly, but like my mouth is still moving. But with my mask on, I can just jabber, jabber, jabber all day and no one knows. It is a challenge, though, trying to, I mean, it is so real. The trying to understand people with those masks on is... yeah. Hard. Yeah, like I understand there is a very good reason why it is not great to always have your face covered, especially if you rely <laughs> on lip reading. But personally, as an as an autistic person, I just like not having to to I I just I don't have a face anymore. It's fantastic. <laughs> that do, you know that is where that's something that I I didn't really think about as far as uh the a benefit of masks i that i was like that is true because even i and i i i don't that's not something i necessarily have to like to think about too much um but even i sometimes wearing it i'm like oh i don't feel the need to smile at every single person and also no one's gonna come up and tell me to smile which is nice 
Um, mm. It's very freeing. Yeah, yeah, there is something to that that is <laughs> pretty great. Um, okay, and the last question I have is, is there anything about hearing loss, deafness, the whole experience that has been a positive or like a, an upside that you maybe didn't expect? Well, God, this I'm not <laughs> sucking up to you, but I think meeting you has kind of been Aww. a big upside because... I don't think I would necessarily have met you if I didn't have hearing loss and didn't and my friends didn't say yes you are hard of hearing enough go and audition for that lovely woman's podcast. Oh my god. And then I I'm did, so glad and, that you did. Yeah, me too. It's just <laughs> been it's been fantastic. Well, and and that is a big thing. I I can also look at my life and look at the people I have in it and a lot of those people probably I wouldn't know if I hadn't started to lose my hearing and sought out certain community. Um, and these are like, I'm going to get like emotional. Um, <laughs> but I do have some people in my life specifically that I met because I had lost my hearing and I can't imagine my life without them. So it is, it is cool when you, when your life takes like a very weird path that you could look at as a really awful situation or a, at least a really difficult one. And then, but you know what? There are, Oftentimes there is something, something good that comes out of it. And and certainly building a, a community of my own, even if I don't feel involved in the deaf community specifically. But having my people <laughs> has been a huge one for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not religious at all. And I don't know if there's a non-religious um, way to say it. But, you know, like when God closes a door, he opens a window. Not that I think God has anything to do with it for me, but sometimes things will arise that you didn't expect. And I think it's kind of up to us to be open to that and not just think, oh, this is terrible. Everything's going to be awful from now on. You kind of have to think, well, something new might happen. You just don't know. And it's okay if you're you're kind of grieving in some way or you're processing a really difficult situation, you know, it's okay to feel that stuff and it's okay to be upset. I mean, I literally have a line in one of the prologues that's, uh, you don't have to love your lot in life, be pissed off. Um, like that's okay. You're allowed to, you're allowed to not love every second of every experience, but if you can at least remain open to the possibility that, some good might come of it. I think that can be, I think it can, can help keep you grounded in a way that isn't forcing. I've talked a lot, a lot um, with a friend of mine about kind of the ethics of optimism. Um, <laughs> on another podcast, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, and we were basically saying how constant optimism, constantly being forced to, look on the bright side all the time can be really toxic and really damaging. But there is something to be said for holding on to a little bit of hope and, and, and trying to at least be open to the possibility of a positive experience. Just like basically reminding yourself, this isn't it. This isn't the only experience I'm ever going to have. Yeah, I mean, as I, I kind of briefly touched on earlier, I have depression as well. Um, and there is definitely, you have to find the balance between I know this is a chemical problem in my brain it won't always be this bad 
But also, you're allowed to feel kind of shit sometimes. Oh, yeah. Forcing yourself to try not to feel things is so much worse than feeling them. Well, we could discuss sometimes. That, but that's, that's I mean, my own personal issues. <laughs> yeah, well, I just mean, like, if you, if you are constantly denying yourself um, the opportunity to, like, process some emotion and just pushing it away, I think it could build to a point that's really damaging. Because I, I also have depression and, and OCD, and both of those things um, can be really difficult to manage. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like, Me too. OCD is the big one. Yeah, OCD is the one that just rules my brain and uh, keeps me from functioning some days. And there are times when it's really, really frustrating, and I just want to scream. Um but I, I am able to tell myself, like, I've been, I've been in this situation before and I've gotten out of it. And I think it is also, that experience is part of uh, why I developed a decent sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, something a therapist told me once was that even the happiest person you can think of is not happy all the time. There will be ups and downs. Everyone feels them. You just have to keep riding the wave until it goes back up, because it will. And then it'll go back down again, and that's not going to be great, but it'll go back up after that. You just got to keep life. going. Yeah. Yeah. Stay in the boat. Um. <laughs> Stay in the boat. Don't quit. Keep trying. You'll find your people. Oh, I love that. That's actually, I think, a really good note to end on. That's really lovely. Yeah, that's good. I can't, like, derail us back into horror or something again. <laughs> Quit while we're ahead. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Another one of these conversations will be released before too long, so keep your eyes out for that. As always, thank you so much for supporting Seen and Not Heard. You can find us on Twitter at SeenNotHeardPod, or email us at seenandnotheardpod at gmail.com.